Greetings, friends, and welcome to a new sermon series. I'm really excited about this uh, on Jeremiah. Now, friends, we're living, we are living in the midst of challenging times where uncertainty and economic hardship, relational tensions are pervasive in our world and also in our own personal lives. Jeremiah, one of the three major prophets in the Bible, prophesied from 626 to 586 BC. And his life, let me tell you, is the stuff of movies. Join me over the next four weeks and let's explore how Jeremiah's life and words might help us to develop a faith for tough times and to live with hope for the future. I also would like to do something a little bit different in the sermon series in that I want really to help equip you in your faith journey. And I want you to really engage with the sermon series. And I don't just want this to be a whole bunch of information that I throw at you. So to that end, I've prepared different Bible passages for you to read with questions to engage with, either by yourself or with others that live in the house with you. Uh, So you will find a link at the bottom of this YouTube page and also at our website Please download it, and really, I encourage you, engage with this material that I've provided for you. We will systematically read through the book of Jeremiah, so you'll get to study Jeremiah and learn so much about his life and your own life. My my hope is, my desire is, to help equip you in your faith journey. So, today's passage comes from, and I've combined two passages, from Jeremiah 1, verses 4 to 9, And I've combined it with Jeremiah 20, verses 7 to 9. Let me read it for us. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Then chapter 20, I have become a joke. Everyone makes fun of me all day long. Every time I speak, I shout. I'm always shouting about violence and destruction. I tell the people about the message I've received from the Lord, but this only brings me insults. The people make fun of me all day long. Sometimes I say to myself, I will forget about the Lord. I will not speak anymore in his name. But then his message becomes like a burning fire inside me, deep within my bones. I get tired of trying to hold it inside of me. And finally, I cannot hold it in anymore. Amen. Now, friends, I chose these passages because these verses, uh, they really capture, I think, the essence of Jeremiah's call 
and his struggle in trying to fulfill that call of God on his life. So we will look at the life of Jeremiah and my hope is that uh, you will read through the book of Jeremiah if you've not done so before and that you will discover that it is really a challenging yet very, very important book of the Bible and absolutely 100% relevant for us today. See, because he lived and prophesied during probably the most strategically important time in the life of Israel since the time of Moses. And I think that we too find ourselves in a strategically important time really from a multitude of perspectives. How we do church is changing. How we do relationships with social distancing, how we do business, Uh, It's all changing. And this, I think, really, uh, for us, is a strategically important time where things are changing. And I believe God wants to do something new in the world. And that, I believe, is why this book and studying the life of Jeremiah is so important. And also, this is why I want you to engage with this material uh, for yourself and for your own sake during this time of flux and turmoil. Now, We will read through the book of Jeremiah, but not straight through chapter by chapter. We're going to jump around a bit because the book wasn't written chronologically. Uh, The book does take us um, a bit back and forth to various events. And this is why we will read this book ever so slightly differently. Now, I just want to say that Adam Hamilton uh, has done a fascinating study on the book of Jeremiah. And uh, in the sermon series, I want to speak to us from his research. It's going to be a fun series, and I hope you're going to enjoy it with me. Now, to set the scene for us, uh, I want to start with a bit of geography. Uh, And I know that some of you are not really interested in geography, but just hang on. Just hang in there with me for a few minutes. And the reason is because this is very, very important in trying to understand Jeremiah. Because so much of his prophecies is uh, him prophesying with regard to what is happening geographically and historically in and around him and in the place where, where he lived. So, let's do a bit of geography and a bit of history. Now, we estimate that Jeremiah was born around 644 BC. And some scholars suggest that he begins his ministry when he was only 16 years old. I mean, can you imagine? Which means that he begins his ministry around 627 or so. Now, uh, I have a map for us. Um, There's a link below. You'll see that it is the map of the Assyrian Empire around 650 BC or so. And on the map, you can see Egypt on the left. Uh, Jerusalem, Judah in the middle, uh, and the Assyrian Empire to the east and northeast of Jerusalem. You should also see on this map the towns of Nineveh and Babylon, which lie, interestingly enough, between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, known as the Fertile Crescent. And to the south, of course, you have the Arabian Desert, and even further south than that, you have Africa. What is important for you to know is that most of the major travel routes from Asia 
uh, in the East and Europe and Africa to the South all went through Judah trying to avoid the desert, of course, and Jerusalem. It really essentially was the Suez Canal of its time. And I think if you know this, then this will help you understand actually most of the Old Testament. And it will help you understand that ancient Judah with its capital of Jerusalem uh, as the Suez Canal of its time um, was really a strategically important place where trade goods from all over the world moved through through that region from south to north, east to west, and vice versa. So as I said, major trade caravans passed through the land of Judah because it was part of that fertile crescent, and you that way then avoided the desert. Now, you know why every major... Now, this will help you understand why every major empire of that time wanted to control that part of the world, Judah and Jerusalem. It was strategically located and economically it was of vital, vital importance. So the Assyrian Empire controlled it for about a hundred years. The Babylonian Empire controlled that region for about 70 years. The Persians, the Medo-Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, you'll know from Bible history, it was the land of milk and honey indeed, a place of great strategic importance. So understanding that, we know that during the time of Jeremiah, there was this great upheaval in empires. It was a turbulent time with the rise and fall of empires, a time of change and uncertainty and concern and fear. Sounds familiar? And God used Jeremiah to speak into that context. Are you beginning to see why I want us to look at the book of Jeremiah and why it's so important for us now at this day and age and at this time? A little bit more history and it's important because it will help us to understand what's going on and to set the scene. So a bit of history, here we go. Hang in there with me. The Assyrian Empire had conquered the land of Judah in 722 BC. Now, first they conquered Israel to the north, and then Judah to the south, and for about a hundred years they controlled the land, and the people, of course, had to pay taxes to them. Then in 627 BC, the time of Jeremiah, in the city of Babylon, this happened. Uh, this was part, then, of the Assyrian Empire, and at that time, a revolt took place in the city of Babylon. The Assyrian emperor had died and the Babylonians thought, right, this is our time. And so to take back control, so, they began, so this revolt started. And what happened then was that all the other nations who had been conquered by the Assyrians thought to themselves, ah, well, if the Babylonians can revolt, then so can we. Right, this is our chance too to get rid of the Assyrians. So, for example, the Egyptians, who had also been controlled by them, uh, and also Judah decided we are going to revolt against the uh, Assyrian rule. So the revolt that started in Babylon begins to spread right throughout the Assyrian Empire. And by 612, it reaches the Assyrian capital of Nineveh. So that by around 609, the whole region is now controlled, not by the Assyrians anymore, but now by a new empire, the Babylonian Empire. 
And what happened is that for the first time in a hundred years, Judah has freedom and independence. They had freedom and independence for about 17 years. But as I said earlier, Judah is strategic and people want to control it. So what happens next is Egypt decides, well, why don't we try to invade Judah and join forces with the remaining Assyrian forces, you know, that are left in the land and fight against the Babylonians. And so in 605, you have this famous battle uh, known as the Battle of Carchemish. And the Egyptians uh, at this battle uh, fighting with the Assyrians against the Babylonians are thoroughly and properly defeated by the Babylonians. The Babylonians now march south into Judah and Egypt. Here is, I'm going to put up for you a quick visualization of what I was talking about. And you have now, uh, just in this visualization and in this last five minutes, you've had a big history lesson on ancient Mesopotamia. So have a look at this visualization, this visualization so you can see what I was talking about. So these are the events that Jeremiah is foretelling in the prophecy that bears his name. This change of empire from Assyrian to Babylonian with a little bit of freedom and a brief bit of Egyptian rule in between. The tiny land of Judah is caught between these battles. This is the historical backdrop for the book of Jeremiah. So he begins to prophesy in 627 BC as a young man sensing the call of God on his life during a time of change and uncertainty. Jeremiah comes to the people with a very powerful, a very challenging, a very strong message that they must return to God. Because what happened was that when the Assyrians invaded, the people began, of course, you, know, you can imagine this, the people began to worship the Assyrian gods alongside Yahweh, of course. So they worshipped God, but also the other gods of the Assyrians, even building altars to the Assyrian gods. They even went so far eventually as to, and I just imagine this, to move the altar in the temple that Solomon built to the side and built altars for the Assyrian gods in the temple. And they then started to neglect the temple to the point, and this is fascinating, where they had misplaced the law of Moses, uh, the Ten Commandments, for 50 years. Just imagine it, for 50 years, the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses, they couldn't find it. They didn't know where it was. They can't remember where they had put it, you know, just like that Bible that's in your house somewhere. You're not sure where it is. My friends, firstly, I believe that God allows corrective moments in history. Moments that allows us pause, reflection, and to consider who we have become. And to ask if our lives are still in line with God's will for us. You see, what happens is during these times like these that we find ourselves in, the Holy Spirit begins to stir within us and convict us of stuff in our lives that's crept in that should not be there. Sometimes these things creep in invited, sometimes uninvited, like the Assyrians in Judah. 
And then if we are not careful, they begin to crowd God out of our lives. And it's like we shift God's altar to the side, like the people of Judah did with the Assyrian gods, and we forget about God as other things take center stage in our lives. Have you allowed certain things other than Jesus to take center stage in your life? And this is a very important message for us from the book of Jeremiah. Repent and return to God. Now is the time before it's too late. So what happens is uh, Josiah becomes king of Judah. And you'll remember he was the one who started to seek after God. And he got rid of the Assyrian gods and he begins to rebuild the temple. And as they rebuild the temple, they find the law of Moses again. Josiah begins to call people back to God. Now, Jeremiah comes alongside him. He's five years younger. So Josiah is about 21 years old and Jeremiah is only about 16 years old. Now, let this be a lesson to our young people. I want to say to you uh, another important message is this as we just kick off the series. God wants to use young people. God wants to use you. And often uh, God wants to use the young generation to do something new during times of turmoil. Church, let us make room for young people in church. For God, let's make room for God to use the young people in our midst. You know, so Jeremiah comes alongside Josiah and he goes from town to town, village to village, and he tells them that you have to repent and turn back to God. He tells them God is a jealous God and God doesn't accept us worshiping and honoring other gods. And the, and the message to the people is clear. These other gods are nothing. They will fail you. They are not real. They don't exist. And as long as you serve them, these other gods, you must understand that the empires that serve these gods will come to your land and take control of your life and oppress you. And God is not going to save you if you don't turn back to him. He will give you over to these empires. Turn away from these idols, care for the oppressed, and return to God and serve him with all of your heart. And this is Jeremiah's message. A message for us today. So, he begins to preach at the age of 16. Now, <laughs> Can you just imagine how nervous this young man was? I mean, when I read this and I, as I was researching this, I was reminded of myself. Uh, I remember my first few sermons. I was, I was 18 years old and oh my goodness, let me tell you what a disaster. I sometimes, in fact, to this day feel sorry for those who had to listen to me uh, back when I was young. And I have a great deal of respect for them and for their ability to endure great suffering. And I actually think that people just listened to me because they felt sorry for me, I think. Now, I remember uh, one of the first, here's a funny story, and uh, I'm going to share it with you, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I remember one of the first sermons I ever preached, um, and this new young mom sat right in the front row of the church, with her newborn baby and all of a sudden and I'm just getting into my stride 
she whips out her breast to start feeding a baby. And well, you can imagine, let me tell you, it took me the rest of the sermon just to try and regain my composure. It is a moment I will never forget. I can't remember what I preached or how it went. But, uh, you know, just thinking about that, I, I think I really should write a book and put these stories in there. You know, but God had placed a fire in my bones to preach His Word, and I've been doing it for 30 years now, a fire that no one can extinguish. So I can only begin to, man- begin to imagine how this young man must have felt. And actually we get, an, get a very good impression, uh, and I'm going to read it for us again from Jeremiah 1, uh, what he felt like once he had that sense of God calling him. Let me read it for us again. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. But God, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. And do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. And God goes on later to say to him uh, that you will have power over empires. So here's a young man, scared, but there is something in him, that that call of God. There is a fire in him that compels him to preach. And I'm sure many, many didn't take him seriously at first, but he preached with fire and conviction. And soon enough, people started to pay attention to him. And I just want to say this again, you know, that God calls young people to stand up, to live and proclaim with boldness God's word. Don't wait until you're older or say, oh, well, when I'm older, you know, then I will. You know, God called the 16 year old to do great and wondrous things to change the world. Don't be too scared because of your age. And our job as the older generation is to support them, to make room for them, to encourage them. Paul says, fan into flame their calling. Help them believe that they can make a difference in this world. Jeremiah, before you were born, I had plans for you. This is God's message to you today as well. As you perhaps sit at home wondering about how useful and meaningful your life has been this, thus far. I want you to see, as we kick off the series, that before you were even born, God had his hand on you and knows you intimately. And he knows where you are, your hopes, your dreams, your struggles. And I want to say to you today, make no mistake, he has a plan for you. So, He goes on and he preaches this challenging message, repent and return to God. And he says that if you don't change, 
this is what's going to happen and this is part of his prophecies he says you have to stop doing these things you can't keep living this way you can't keep worshiping these Assyrian idols you can't keep doing these things and he says that God says that there is a kingdom in the north this was the Babylonian Empire and he says that if you continue to follow these Assyrian gods and you don't turn back to God then you will be oppressed and broken and enslaved return to God turn your hearts toward God and turn from your sinful ways Jeremiah told the people well eventually people started to get irritated and annoyed and angry with this young man so much so they put him in prison beat him harassed him and finally he says I can see it now finally I can see Lord uh, these people are not going to turn back to God. He says, um, and he records his words, they have stiffened, uh, you have stiffened, uh, they have stiffened their necks and hardened their hearts. And because of that, I'm telling you, that kingdom is coming from the north and they will destroy you. Your only hope is to surrender to God's mercy because they are coming the Babylonians are on their way and God is your only hope. Then in 587 BC, we have the most tragic and defining uh, event probably in the entire Old Testament. Babylon invades Judah. They tear down the walls of the city of Jerusalem. They burn down the temple. They take the king's sons and murder them before the king's eyes. They then gouge out the king's eyes and they take the ordinary citizens of Judah in chains as prisoner and slaves back to Babylon. And Judah is no more. Jeremiah had been saying this was going to happen for years, but the people just did not want to listen. In fact, one time in Jeremiah 19, we read, he goes to the temple courts and he stands there and he cries out to, uh, to them, the people that were there, and he says, let me read it for you. So says the Lord of hosts. These are the words of Jeremiah that I'm reading now. So says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. I'm now bringing upon the city and upon all its towns all the disaster that I have pronounced against it, because they have stiffened their necks, refusing to hear my words. That's in Jeremiah 19, verse 14 and 15. Now, what happened was the priest in charge of the temple hears him saying this, and he then tells Jeremiah, Right, Jeremiah, we have told you to keep quiet. We are tired of you saying this. We don't want to hear this message about repentance anymore. He then had him beaten and put in stocks at the gate of the temple. Jeremiah had been preaching this message for 20 years. He's now 36, 37 years old. He's there all night and the next morning they let him out and he turns to them and he says this. I have one thing to say to you. You are going to die in exile because you refuse to listen. And he then leaves and he begins to write a psalm to God. There are actually seven of them, seven of these psalms. We call them laments. 
in the book of Jeremiah. And this psalm, this lament, gives us an insight into his heart, which really actually makes him unique. We don't really get to do that, see into the heart of any of the other major prophets in the same way we do with Jeremiah. And what we see is that he really, really wanted people to like him. He wanted to be accepted. It, it hurts him. It really hurt him when people make fun of him. He so wants to live a normal life and for people to accept him. Our, our second reading for today is from one of these laments where he says, Lord, you've, you've tricked me. Lord, you've deceived me and I was deceived. You have overpowered me and you prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. God, everyone mocks me for whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout out violence and destruction. Jeremiah 20 verse 7 and 8. Do you, do you feel Jeremiah's agony? His wish that he didn't have to preach this anymore? That he could just live a normal, boring old life? God, I thought the people were going to listen. They're not listening and I'm tired of this God. I'm tired of being made fun of and rejected. Do you ever feel tired and weary in what you are doing? You see, this is what happens to people who give of themselves and give and give and give. A weariness and a tiredness sets in. You know, maybe we, we think of people like nurses and doctors and teachers, and in actual fact, I'm going to throw in their moms and dads, <laughs> so many who, who give of themselves, and after some years find themselves burned out. You know, it's hard to give and give in the face of criticism and rejection. And then eventually that deep, inexplicable tiredness and weariness just sets in and soon overwhelms and the color is gone. And it feels like you are living in black and white. Those of you who are old enough will know what I mean. For the rest of you, I am about to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? Right? TV used to be in black and white. No color. Right? <laughs> Is this you? Is this what your life feels like at the moment? Have you been feeling like this? And this season of isolation has just kind of pushed you even further and you really feel like you're at the edge. This must have been what Jeremiah felt like. Tired, weary, unappreciated, drained. Jesus said this in his sermon on the mount in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. The message of Jesus and of Jeremiah's lament is this. Don't give up. For God is with you. Turn to give and you will find strength. God has called you and you keep going for God 
because God is with you. And this is what Jeremiah says. He says, you know what? I've even discovered that there is a burning fire in my bones and I cannot keep quiet. I can't give up. I cannot give up. I must continue for God has called me, has a, has a plan for me and is with me. I must keep going. My friends, I pray for you that God will set a fire in your bones that, that you will not give up because this fire is burning within you. I pray that you will not be discouraged. You know, this passage points out that each one of us needs something to live for, a passion, a fire burning in our bones, something within us that we feel so strongly and so passionately about that it compels us to not give up. It is that fire that keeps us going. God has put his fire in Jeremiah's bones, and I pray that, it will, that he will put his fire in your bones. You know, I spoke about this last week. I believe we need God's Holy Spirit in us, the fire of God, because it is that that strengthens and sustains us when we cannot go any further. That Spirit of God gives us life where there is death, healing where there is brokenness, sustenance when we are drained. My friends, every day pray, Lord, fill me with your fire, your spirit, your calling and your perspective on my life and the lives of the people around me. God gives us his fire is the message of Jeremiah. Yes, as a sustaining power and strength during difficult times. But we see in Jeremiah also that God also gives us his fire and passion, his spirit burning in us for a compelling purpose. What's your purpose? What are you passionate about? Friends, one of my greatest fears is that I will lose my passion one day. That I will lose my passion for the church and for God's people. You see, because I, I see in Jeremiah's story and I see in the story of uh, in the lives of people around me that we cannot live without fire, without passion, without God's fire burning within our bones. If you are weary and drained, I pray that God will reignite his passion within you. A fire that drives you to take risks and to see things in color again. Standing up, you know, for things we should be standing up for. Speaking for those who cannot speak for themselves. We see again and again in the characters of the Bible this fire. Paul had this fire within him which compelled him to keep on going despite being persecuted again and again and again. Peter, David, Moses, Jeremiah, we see the same thing. This passion, this fire within their soul. And it's that fire that allowed them to carry on when they felt, felt like they couldn't anymore. Don't let the fire in your bones go out. Ask yourself during this time, where is it that God is calling you to live with and bring his fire uh, into the situations around you? I want to invite you to uh, get hold of this material in the link below. And engage with it, my friends. Read the passages and ask uh, those tough questions. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And maybe, just maybe, breathe God's fire back into your bones. Because it is that fire that will sustain you during tough times. Well, this is week one. 
of our series in Jeremiah. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue looking at the story and the message of Jeremiah. God bless you and may God put a fire within your bones just as he did with Jeremiah. Amen.